Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. And so, but yeah, let's pray this morning and I feel like God's uh, got something for you this morning. So Father God, we just thank you so much. You're so amazing. You're so good. You're such a good father. And we just honor what you're doing in this house, God. We just honor what you did in the Prophetic Dreamers Conference. We just honor what you're doing, God, in worship. And God, what you're doing in growth track and what we see in people's lives. And and God, what we see happening, God, in the spirit. And we just thank you so much that you just love your children so deeply. And it's a joy to be a child of God. So we just thank you. And we just pray that you're just ministering to all of our hearts, Holy Spirit. We just pray that you are just speaking directly to our heart this morning. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your blood. Amen. Amen. So I'm a, trying something different. I walk around a little bit, so I don't know how this is going to work, but we're going to try this. So, yeah. How many were here last week for the Prophetic Dreamers Conference? Yeah. Wow. Many. Um, yeah, there's just so many amazing testimonies from that. And I just wanted to share a couple. Joy shared a great one. And um, one person got healed through the live stream. How many know God can heal through live stream? Yeah. Amen. So they had a stomach issue and it was healed through the live stream. We had so many comments on the live stream that they were like, whoa, the presence of God is tangible, like right through the live stream. Amen. One person... Um, messaged us and said, uh, or actually many messaged us and told us about um, they encountered God in the fire tunnel and uh, inner healings and, and just amazing testimonies. We got many of those that uh, people just, in, or God just encountered people in the fire tunnel. And just, of course, Erica, she was such a blessing. And uh, many people were just blessed by her. So we want to celebrate and live on testimonies. Amen. So we get to celebrate those, and uh, Joy said it in worship, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So when we just give the testimony, it's like saying, do it again, God. So if you need a stomach healing, do it again, God. We just release that right now. Anybody who needs stomach healing right now, we just release that testimony in Jesus' name. So last week, Pastor Joy spoke about uh, the power of story uh, in the conference, and it was a really awesome message. And... Um, And she was talking about seeing yourself in God's story, that we get to be a part of what God is doing on the earth, amen? And she was talking about seeing yourself in God's story and how God speaks to us in story. And on uh, Sunday, Erica talked about the journey that we're in with the Lord and finding that next step, like her uh, message title was, what's your next step? So just finding that next step of like, okay, God, where, where am I in this story? Like, where are you taking me? And so it was on my heart, like around Monday or Tuesday, to speak about living life as an adventure with God. Amen? We can live our whole life as an adventure with God. We need to change our paradigm about what it means to be a Christian. We need to change our paradigm about what our Christian walk is. This, our Christian walk, can be an adventure with God. Amen? Our whole life can be an adventure with God. The church throughout its history has had a tendency to go back to relating to God through rules. Do more of this, do less of that. Try to do your best, 
Try to be a blessing. Try not to sin. Gone back so many times, and we see it throughout church history, we tend to try to go back to relating to God through rules. But God never intended for us to relate to him through rules. He desires relationship. He desires relationship. Look at the garden. He created mankind so that he could walk with them and connect with them and have relationship with them. This is why you were created to have relationship with the Father, not so that you could follow the rules and try to be good enough. Jesus made you good enough. When you accepted Jesus, he made you righteous. You were 100% justified, amen? He made you righteous so that there would be nothing between you and God and so that you could have relationship with him, just like God had with Adam and Eve in the garden, relationship, connection. This is what the Christian life is about. It can be an adventure. And so it starts there of just knowing Jesus paid it all. The blood of Jesus was enough. I'm not trying to be enough. I'm already enough in Christ, amen? Receiving what Jesus did for yourself. I was crucified with Christ. I'm a son. Now I can live my life as an adventure with God. Your whole life can be an adventure. So God is calling you into relationship with him. And I want to say this this morning. He is fun. He's so fun. Jesus is fun. Holy Spirit is so fun. He's so fun. He wants to laugh with you. You know, the spirit of religion wars against what I just said. It wars against, you know what? Satan is the biggest legalist in the world. I remember one day we had somebody manifesting in our service. It was, a, it was an awesome service. How many were there that day? A few of you remember that. It was eventful. This guy just went right into demonic tongues right in the middle of our greeting time. And it was so interesting. We, we uh, ministered to him after service was over. And it was so interesting. Everything that the enemy would say through him was reasons why he couldn't get free. He can't get free because of this. He can't get free because of that. It's like the enemy is the biggest legalist, and it was all lies. Jesus' blood paid it all. Jesus' blood paid it all. So God is fun. And we could have sad church if you want, but I'd rather have joy. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, joy. So when we're living in a kingdom environment, when we're bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth, there's going to be a whole lot of joy. We don't have to have sad church. We can have fun church. I want my kids to grow up and be like, wow, church is just one of the most fun places. Amen? Not church is a place where everybody's sad and crying. And God is fun. I want to read this scripture to you, Luke chapter 10, verse 21. This is speaking about Jesus. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation, Luke 10, 21. It says, at that very time, speaking of Jesus, he rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit and said, I praise you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this was well-pleasing in your sight. 
One translation says that Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. If we want to be like Jesus, we're going to be filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Another translation says Jesus became extremely joyful. I have to laugh at some of the depictions of Jesus as this somber and this person. He was extremely joyful because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? I want to read to you. Actually, I read, I think I just, I'm sorry. I I read that in the NASB. Now I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. And I'm going to read Luke 10, 21 through 23 in the Passion Translation. Okay, it says, Then Jesus overflowing with the Holy Spirit's anointing of joy, exclaimed, Father, thank you, for you are Lord supreme over heaven and earth. You have hidden the great revelation of this authority from those who are proud, those wise in their own eyes, and you have shared it with these who have humbled themselves. Yes, Father, this is what pleases your heart and the very way you've chosen to extend your kingdom to give to those who become like trusting children. I love that verse. Jesus was overflowing with the Holy Spirit's anointing of joy. That is where we're going. I want to, when I grow up, I want to become more childlike. Not childish, childlike. I want my kids, like, they can just get to joy in two seconds. They're, they're just there, right? And when I tell them, I'm like, boys, we're going on an adventure, they're just excited, right? They get excited. So we can have that childlike joy. And that's where we're going is like, Holy Spirit, we need more of the kingdom. We need more of that joy. When we step into that supernatural flow of the kingdom of joy, we start seeing those strongholds come off. And even the problems that we have, we just finally have God's perspective so that we can deal with that problem from God's perspective. We're not meant to deal with problems from from Earth's, Earth's perspective. We're meant to deal with our problems from heaven's perspective. Seeing things through the kingdom of heaven Jesus was overflowing with the Holy Spirit's anointing of joy. Whoa, you can have that. It says he gives to those who become like trusting children. I want to share a dream with you I had. I haven't had, my wife has awesome God dreams like all the time. I see her like in the middle of the night, I'll just know she'll, eyes will pop open. She grabs her journal and starts writing. (laughs) Like, oh, she had another God dream. But I haven't had a lot. I've gone through seasons where I've had many, but I mean, I haven't had a lot in the past season, like the past few months. But right after the Prophetic Dreamers Conference, I had a really cool dream. And I knew, even in the dream, I knew this was from the Lord. So I woke up and wrote it down. And I wanted to share it with you this morning. So in the dream, I feel like it wasn't just for me. I feel like it was for our church. And in the dream, I was with a big group of people. And we were all in this house, and there was this tornado outside, but there was no fear in the tornado. Like, we were just like, oh, a tornado. Nobody, there wasn't fear attached to it. And this tornado came, and it knocked down this huge tree, and this tree fell, and it just smashed this old vehicle that my wife and I had three years ago. It was a vehicle, it was a 2003 Pontiac Grand Prix, and we sold it about three years ago. And vehicles and dreams usually represents your ministry. It's your vehicle of ministry. And so we see this big tree come down and just destroys this old vehicle. And then currently we have another Pontiac. Sorry, I'm just getting a little dry. I could take that. Thank you. 
That's better. Thank you. So where was I? So the tornado comes, knocks down this tree, destroys our old vehicle. And then in the dream, there's, there's another vehicle that's like a car that we currently have, but it's, it's kind of on its last leg. It's currently not running. It's another Grand Prix, but it's a gray Grand Prix. And it's in our garage right now, not running. And so in the dream, I went and I, I went to start this car. And to my surprise, it started because in, in real life, it's not running right now. So it started right up and I was like, hmm, interesting. And so that would represent the car we've had for the last three years. And then someone in our group yells out, hey, everybody, we're all getting new keys. And then I look, and there's these folding tables like what we have over there, and they're in a shape of a U. Like all these tables are put together in the shape of a U. And I I believe it represents unity. And you said it this morning. I, I believe it represents unity. And there's all these keys all the way around this table. And all of us start to just move towards these keys and start getting our keys. And I walk over, and I see a, a key that says Pathfinder, and I pick up the key. And I was like, whoa, Pathfinder. So I believe the, the vehicles represent ministry, and I believe this was showing me past ministry vehicle, current ministry vehicle, future ministry vehicle, Pathfinder. And also in the dream, after I picked up the Pathfinder key, there was like another key that was a sports car. And in real life, I love sports cars. And, uh, but I saw that key and I was like, no, that's not going to work. That one's not going to work. So I woke up and I was talking to Joy about it. And she said, sports cars, it can't support family. You can't put your family in a sports car, but you can put your family in a Pathfinder. Amen. So the next day when I woke up, I did a search, a web search on the word Pathfinder. And so here's what I found when I did this web search. First of all, there's a game. I don't don't know anything about the game, but there's a really popular adventure game called Pathfinder. And that's how they advertise it. They're like, adventure game, Pathfinder. And this God had already told me that I was speaking about living a life of adventure. And then I go to the website of the Nissan Pathfinder. So I go to their website. And this is exactly what it says on their website. This is, this is so awesome to me. I just started laughing. 2019 Nissan Pathfinder. It's the first thing it says. Nissan's intelligent mobility surrounds you in confidence. This is exactly this is the first words. I'm not changing any words. And then it says, driving is easier, safer, and more exciting. And then it says this. You're only human. It's nice to have some backup. With a suite of available driver assistance features, Pathfinder helps you see and sense more around you. And can, (laughs) I received that. (laughs) And get this, it says, and it can even step in and take action to help keep you out of trouble. Word for word, like the first two sentences, amen. (laughs) That guy had no idea that he was just writing by the power of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but it, I just made the Pathfinder sound really great. But So symbolically, your vehicle in a dream represents your ministry. And so, like, it was funny because when I thought, I was like, that first car that was destroyed, it was three years ago. And if you know, a lot of you that were here three years ago know that we went, over, we went through a big changeover three years ago. And it was like the representation of that tree falling on that car was like, that one's destroyed and it can't work anymore. It's not going to work anymore. I mean, it was like the way the tree smashed, it was like, it's done. 
that vehicle's not going to work anymore. And it's like, I got in our current vehicle, which is on its last leg. And I was like, oh, surprisingly, this one actually works. And it's like, yeah, this does work. But God has new keys for you. And it's called Pathfinder. It's about the adventure that God's taking us on. And I believe that you can grab onto that dream. I believe that's a word for our house, that he is, 2019 is a year for breakthrough. It's a year for all the seeds you've been sowing in the spirit are, are starting to come up and coming to fruition. The promises that God has set over you is, is coming. Thank you so much, Steve. So you can grab onto that. We're all getting new keys in the spirit, amen? Amen, and I'll take that, the new Pathfinder. <laughs> so this life is supposed to be a life of adventure with God, not a life of suffering. How many understand that Jesus suffered so that we don't have to? And we get to accept his suffering as our own. I was crucified with Christ. I accept his suffering as my own. He suffered so that we don't have to suffer. Amen? You can grab onto that this morning. Romans chapter 8. I want to read verses 14 through 17 in the Passion Translation. Romans 8 is one of my favorites, and I want to read uh, 14 through 17, Passion Translation. This is what it says. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. That's so good. Verse 15. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance and folding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself, and since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. Wow. You haven't received a spirit of religious duty. Your Christian life doesn't have to be a life of religious duty. You've received the spirit of full acceptance. You're fully accepted. That's your starting point. Fully loved, fully accepted, fully justified. Now from that place, what adventure does God have you on? What adventure does God have you on? He, he doesn't want us to live this life of trying to be good enough, trying to do enough. He's like, you're already accepted, fully accepted, that's the word over you this morning. Fully accepted. Now come on an adventure with me. This whole deal is about relationship, not about trying to be good enough. 
You're accepted, you're justified, you're glorified, Romans 8 says, all those things. Now, what adventure does God have you on? You are God's beloved child, and he wants to take you on an adventure. Ministry is not something we have to do. Ministry is something we get to do. It's something we get to do. And I know it's scary sometimes when you feel like speaking to a stranger about the Lord or just asking someone if you can pray for them. And you will encounter some rejection, but I can tell you for every rejection I've encountered in that, I've recounted, I've 10 to 1 experienced God doing something amazing. And it's been so, so, so worth it. And even if you were in the inner healing class this morning, when you experience rejection, that's an invitation for you to get to closer to God and say, God, why am, I, why am I feeling this? Amen? Because we can be unrejectable if we know who we are in the spirit. Amen? I saw that with Levi. He's just unrejectable. Like when we're just out doing evangelism, he just like, he's just flowing with the Holy Spirit and he's like, you can't reject him. And it's like, it's not something that's like, it's who he is, but it's not something that happened instantaneously with him. We're getting, there, we're at uh, the rental car place and we're getting our keys and he goes, he's just like, do, 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 whatever we go. He gets his keys and he goes, hey, have you guys tried Jesus as your savior? <laughs> and uh, the one person is like, no. And he goes, well, I highly recommend it. And we just walk out. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Amen. Where were, where were we? Ministry is an adventure. Ministry can be an adventure. Don't let the enemy convince you that any type of ministry is hard work. Ministry is an adventure, and it can be exhilarating if we do it with Holy Spirit. We're not doing anything or conjuring anything up. We're partnering with the Holy Spirit to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, and it's so fun. 2 Corinthians 2.14 this scripture's been on my heart for the last few weeks. 2 Corinthians 2.14. It says, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Let's read it again. But thanks be to God who occasionally leads us in triumph. <laughs> always leads us in triumph. Always leads us in triumph. I love this guy. His name is, is Chuck Perry, and uh, he is just so awesome. We wanna, I want to have him here someday. We're just, we're just trying to get a hold of him, and uh, he just carries this powerful presence and joy of the Lord, and he, he just gets up, and he's like, <laughs> and joy just starts breaking out. People just start laughing, and it's like, it's not fake. It's like everywhere he goes, he's just carrying this, this powerful joy of the Lord. And he has all these amazing testimonies, but he, I heard this one testimony he told this week, and they're doing a missions trip, and they need $1,000 to get out of the country. And he hands the, he's driving in his car, and he hands the guy next to him an envelope full of cash, and he says, count it. We need $1,000 to get out of the country. So it's all 100s. It counts one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He goes, no, 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 no. We need 10. Count it again. The guy counts again. One, two, three, four, five, eight. No, 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 no. We need 10. Count it again. So he counts it four times, eight. He says, I'm sorry, there's eight. He goes, no, no, no. Now, we need to look into the abundance of heaven. 
Count it again. So finally, the fifth time, the guy counts it. Ten. I don't know how God does that stuff, <laughs> but I know he does it. Another time, he's got a book called Free Falling, and it's so good. Another time, they were in Russia, and during a time where they could be, like, detained for, like, preaching the gospel and even go to prison. And so he's, they're trying to get back into the States, and this guy starts yelling at him in Russian, and he's just got this scripture, the one I just read in his heart, and he just, so this guy's yelling at him, and he just looks at the guy and goes, because he doesn't know what the guy's saying, so he just looks at him and says, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And this guy just yells at him louder, and he's like, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And the guy raises his voice anymore, ah, he goes, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Finally, the guy just looks at him just puzzled, and they let him through. Like, just go. <laughs> what a promise we have in Christ, always leading us in triumph. He always leads us in triumph. That's your promise. Grab onto that. The challenges that you're facing, start confessing that over it. We don't confess what we see in the natural. We're not, we're not going to be blind. We're not going to be dumb. We're going to be, okay, that's, that's the situation, but I'm going to grab onto a higher truth. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. That's a higher reality. One time I, I had to take this test, and so I went downtown to take this test. And as I'm going in to take the test, I noticed this guy with a wrist brace. And so I just took note of that. Why? Because you don't see a wrist brace in heaven. Our job is to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. So you're not going to see crutches in heaven. You're not going to see a wrist brace. You're not going to see fear in heaven. So I took note. That's something that's not in heaven. That's something I can bring the kingdom to. So I take my test. Pass, thank you very much. <laughs> and then on the way out, I saw this guy, and he's, he's a young guy, and he's got this wrist brace. So I said, what's, uh, what's going on with your wrist? And he said, I've, I've got a carpal tunnel, and you know, it's progressively worse. And, it, and at this point, it's just constant pain. So now here's where you step out in faith. We can all do this. So I said, I believe God can heal that. Would you mind if I pray for you? And he gives me this look. So I said, I believe God can heal it. Do you mind if I pray for you? He goes, okay. That was his response, okay. So I said, well, come over here. He was behind her desk. He said, come over here. I'll just pray for it real quick. Always ask for permission. Jesus didn't force healing on anybody. Like, okay, do you mind if I just put my hand on your wrist? Sure, go for it. So I just, quick, simple prayer of faith. And by the way, Jesus didn't pray usually for people. He just commanded things to be healed. It's a little tip for healing prayers. So I just said, in Jesus' name, I command this wrist, be healed, tendons, ligaments, be healed. I opened my eyes. I said, try it out. And he felt nothing. I could tell he was like, still just like, this guy's weird me out right now. <laughs> he felt nothing. So I said, try it out. So he starts to bend it. Then his facial expression changes. And he goes, that's different. And I said, and that's, by the way, that's what we're looking for. When you pray for someone, just is it different? Is it any different or is it the same? Is it different? He says, that's different. And I said, uh, do you mind if I just, I said, is there any pain or is it the pain gone? He goes, there is a little pain, but that's a lot different. And I said, let me pray one more time. So I prayed for him again. This time I opened my eyes and he's got tears streaming down his face. The Lord just touched him. And I said, I said, move it around. And he's like, all he could say was, it's better. It's better. Here's the really cool part. 
We don't have to force someone to into the sinner's prayer when we pray for them. We don't have to force them to come to our church. If God puts that stuff on your heart, do it. But we don't have to do any of those things. I knew in that moment by the Holy Spirit, there was one thing I had to do and one thing only. <clears throat> and I said, Jesus just healed you because he wants you to know that he loves you. That was it. I left. I was like, God has just encountered him. He'll find, he'll find his way from there. Amen. So that was so much more. I was so much more excited about that than passing my test. <laughs> Living the life with God can be an adventure. One of the declarations I like to make over my life is, I consistently bring God encounters to other people. You can grab onto that. I consistently bring God encounters to other people. God is fun. Bringing God encounters to people is fun. And it doesn't have to be healing. You can minister in a way that I can't. So it's up to you to process with God. God, what is my adventure? You're going to have strengths that I don't have, that Pastor Joy doesn't have, that Angela doesn't have. You get to represent him in a different way, whatever way that God is showing you. This is what I have you doing. This is the adventure that you're on. You don't have to have my adventure. You get your own adventure, and we can look at each other and be like, whoa, your adventure is awesome. That's so different than mine. I love that. I honor that in you. Second Peter 3.9. I was reading it in the Passion Translation this week. And in the footnotes, it said something kind of interesting. So the, the normal translation is, it's the verse that says, God wishes that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So that's God's heart for his church, amen? Or his people, for all people. He wishes that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But it said in the Aramaic translation, this was in the Passion Translation footnotes, it says the Aramaic can be translated like this. The Lord does not treat his kingdom like a dutiful chore, as some people consider it, like the treatment of a temporary laborer, but he pours out his spirit on your behalf since he does not wish that anyone should perish, but that everyone, everyone should come into grace. That's the Aramaic translation. The Lord does not treat his kingdom like a dutiful chore, as some people consider it. I'm, I've known a lot of Christians that consider it a dutiful chore that they have to do. And then you have a lot of sad church. Because it, it really boils back to if you feel like you're doing a dutiful chore, it's like you're, you're in a performance mode of having to earn something from God. And then subconsciously your mind says God's not good because I have to work and earn acceptance. So then you have sad church. So bringing the kingdom isn't a dutiful chore. We get to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. We don't minister to people to receive identity. We minister to people from a place of fully accepted. Fully accepted. So I don't minister because if I see someone healed, if I see someone encouraged, I'm like, oh, 
I'm okay, like God's with me. I minister from a place of like, I'm a child of the king and I get to bring the kingdom with me and it's fun. And if, if whether they receive it, whether it lands or not, I'm just having fun with the Lord. In fact, it's your faith that pleases God, not someone getting healed, not someone being encouraged. It's your faith. The Bible says, and without faith, it impo- it's impossible to please God. So there's two things to that verse. When you accept Jesus, when you have faith in Christ, you become pleasing to God. It, it become, you are pleasing to God when you put your faith in his son. But the other thing is we get extra credit when we just step out in faith. It's like that faith is what pleases God. What were the two things that Jesus marveled over in the Bible? What other people, you know that you can impress God? The two things Jesus marveled over was people's amazing faith. He's like, whoa, look at that faith. I've not seen faith like that in Israel. It says Jesus marveled. God, think about that saying, God marveled at a person. Wow, that's awesome. So it's our faith that pleases God. Not, it's not important whether they get healed, whether it lands or not. You can even miss, and God's like, whoa, look at that faith. They tried. Good job. Good job. Amen. We minister from a place of knowing that we are sons. We don't bring the kingdom for acceptance. We minister from a place of acceptance. So now you may be in a season where you're just learning and receiving who you are in Christ, and that's an important part of the journey. That's an important part of your journey, just knowing, wow, I'm just loved, and I'm, I'm a son. And I know that was a part of our journey, is just realizing how loved we were by the Father. But after that, after you receive that identity, you receive that grace, and you're not trying to perform for God, you can live your life as an adventure with God. How many know God, God hides things for us and not from us? So when we, how many have kids? So when you hide your Easter eggs for the kids, are you hiding them from them or for them to find and discover? You're hiding them so that they can have fun and discover them and, and rejoice when they find them. God hides things for us to discover because we're in an adventure with him. How many remember Erica's word for our church? She said it when she started, uh, before she started. She said, I just see Jesus and, and you like, guys are running this race. You're in the middle of this race and he's just like on the sidelines, just cheering for you like, go, 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 go. What she didn't know is that's the second time we got, got that word. <clears throat> that's the second time we've got that exact same word. Somebody else, same thing. God, I see Jesus. He's like wildly cheering for your church going, go, 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 go. It's like two years ago. God is wildly cheering us on. He's wildly cheering you in your race. Why do people play sports? What's that? Say it. It's probably true. It's probably right. Because we're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Why do people play sports? Why do they compete? We play basketball. Colton and I play basketball every Sunday night. We play because it's fun. We like to play. It's, it's, we enjoy it, right? It's like it's a fun part of my week. I love competing. I think it's fun. And so... Paul talks about in Romans about our Christian life being a race. And he says people compete to win a prize because it's fun. They want to win the prize, right? This life is an adventure. It's something we get to do. People compete because it's fun. 
People compete to win the prize, amen? So do you see life as an adventure with God? Or do you see life as something to endure, something to get through? If your perspective is, I'm here just to get through, just to endure, you're going to miss out on the adventure that God has for you. He's got so much more for you than just survival. He wants to take you on an adventure. Jesus said, if your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Notice he didn't say eyes, plural. He said, I. What's your eye? It's your perspective. If you see the kingdom, if you see God's perspective, if you see that you are a son, your whole body will be full of light. If you see that God has you on an adventure, your whole life can be an adventure. But if your eye is bad, if you see God as as your taskmaster, as you see God as cruel, even subconsciously, your whole body will be full of darkness. If your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. What's your perspective? Do you see life as an adventure with God, or do you see life as survival? Just trying to make it, just trying to be good enough. Our main job, one of our main jobs as Christians is to seek God's perspective. When you believe in Jesus, you get saved, but when you believe like Jesus, you get free. When you get God's perspective, what, why we're here, what are we doing? When you see that this, this life is to enjoy being a son and we get to go on an adventure with God, you begin to have God's perspective for your life. So God's calling us to renew our mind, amen? Last thing I wanna say this morning. There is a war between the realm of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of this world in your mind and in your heart. There's a war going on in the spirit. And it's a war between the realm of the kingdom and the realm of this world in your mind and in your heart. Which realm are you going to focus on? Which realm are you going to have the perspective of? There is a war going on. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of this world is stress, discouragement, anxiety, fear. Ephesians 2, 6 says, we are seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. Why are you seated there? Paul said it, Ephesians 2, 6. He said, we're seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. Why did he put us there? So that we can see things from heaven's perspective. And we can bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. When we see things from earth's perspective, we're not positioned to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And that's our calling in life. It's an adventure to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. When we, re- when we live in the realm of the kingdom, we can see life as an adventure with God. When we live in the realm of this earth, we see life as survival. Let's just hold on tight. Let's bunker up until Jesus gets back. Do you get your food rations? I'm bunkering up until Jesus comes back. That's the spirit of fear. There's no fear in the kingdom. That's the spirit of this world. It's our greatest life's 
pleasure to be used by him. It's an adventure. And guess what? He does the work through us. He does the work. In the end, we get to all cast our crowns before him. Why? Because he did the work through us. It was just our privilege. Like, wow, look what God did. Jesus, this is here. so amazing. I'm just going to cast my crown before you. Look what I got to do. It represents that casting our crowns before him, it represents us giving him glory for everything that he did through us, laying our crowns at his feet. Wow, Jesus, look what you did. Would you just close your eyes for a moment? Let's just close our eyes in this place. I believe that God wants to awaken dreams in this place this morning. God wants you to dream again with him. Some of, some of us have given up on our dreams or we've just kind of put them aside because we're like, you know what, I'm just, I just want to just get through. And that thing, it just looks so far away. But I believe that God wants you to pick up dreams again. He wants you to pick them back up. And so I want to just take a moment, ask the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit this morning, is there any dream that I've laid down that I need to pick back up again? Just ask him this morning. What makes your heart come on fire? What's your passion? What's like, man, if I could do that, that would be like an adventure. Hello? <laughs> what makes your heart burn with passion? Like, man, if I could just do that for the Lord, that would be amazing. What's the enemy been warring against your whole life? That could be a clue of what you're supposed to do in life. What adventure do you need to pick up? Say, okay, God, this looks kind of scary. But I want to trust in you that this is what you have for me. God wants you to dare to hope again. People are afraid to hope. And God says, I want you to hope. He said, get your hopes up. He said, hope in me does not disappoint, disappoint Romans 5.5. 5. Get your hopes up. This war, the spirit of this world wars against hope. The spirit of the kingdom of heaven is saying, get your hopes up. Start expecting for me to do things through you. Start expecting this life to be an adventure. 2019 is a year of fulfilled promises. Whoa. 2019 is a harvest year. Get ready for the harvest. It doesn't matter if you laid down that dream 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. 2019 is a year of harvest that you can see that dream come alive again. It's a year of seeing the fruition of your labors. So, Father God, right now, I just ask that you are just speaking to us. We are your children. We hear your voice. We want to know, God, what adventure that you have us on. God, what are you asking us to pick back up? What adventure are you taking us on, God? This morning in prayer, I, I, Angela was like, I just see, like, we're on this roller coaster, and we got our hands up, and we're just like, woo. <laughs> it's like, what area are you called to, like, Jump on that roller coaster and put your hands up in faith and be like, I'm just here on the ride, Jesus. 
So God, I just pray new dreams, released old dreams that are of you resurrected. And I just pray that we would change our paradigm, God. God, that we would let go of sad church. We'd step into joy, which is the kingdom. God, more joy. We need more joy. We ask for more joy. It's your kingdom. It's really, it's the real deal. Righteousness, peace, and joy. That's the kingdom. So God, we just want more of that joy. We want more of that peace, more of the reality of the righteousness you've freely given us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to have my wife come up and close service.